Hi and welcome to the Perfectly Imperfect Duo with Sari and Lily and today we are talking about setbacks. Um, this is something that people ask a lot about and somebody requested that we actually, if we could talk about it on here, so we thought why not. Um, setbacks, what do we really mean by setbacks? I suppose the people that ask me about it often are asking because they've Say they've been in the conversation that you and I have been in for a while now, Lily, with the three principles, and they start to feel that they can access peace of mind more easily. Their anxiety doesn't feel as severe, or sometimes it feels like it's completely disappeared. And then they may come up against something where they get caught up in their heads and they get overwhelmed, and then they start to feel some of the physical symptoms come back. And now that's when people feel like they've had a setback. So they've somehow gone backwards. Um and I'm sure you and I could both share stories of where we felt like that and probably still will do forevermore. Um, but for, for me, one of the things that I always say to people when they talk about setbacks is unless you've got a time machine, you are not going backwards. We just can't go backwards. We're always, always learning every single time we we experience in the moment, we experience anxiety, overwhelm every single time we're learning something new. And I don't know about you, but for me, it was never, every time I had what I perceived as a setback, it was never ever felt as bad as the first time. No, yeah. And for me, you know, and I love, I think you had said the term wobble. And and so I think that's what I would use in a lot of people that I've talked to or you've talked to too. Oh, it's ha having a wobble because a setback, yeah, has the word back in it. And we can think, all my progress has been lost. And there definitely have been times when I think who, oh my gosh, I, I don't understand the principles at all because of this, but I never, I guess, especially in the past few years too, I, I, I mean, my wobble has never been like it was before kind of coming into this understanding and understanding anxiety. You know, there's been times and it's funny because I was thinking about this and people on Instagram, I'd asked questions before and people said, how do you deal with living in constant dread of a setback? And I honestly never think about it. Like I never, ever think about it. And especially now, like I'm in a very, I don't know, whatever, like don't really have any anxiety at all. It seems like, I don't know, like I just, I don't think about it. I have zero dread and I'm not meaning to be cocky and think, but I think because I have had wobbles like it's not like i've had four and a half years of perfection yeah. Yeah. yeah like oh my god just bliss um they don't really have anything on me it's not a big deal um and i guess also i think i i just do really see it as just the love letter the signal that like oh i got caught up and i'm a human and i guess especially where i'm at with my business i feel like I can have a lot of thinking about it. I can get stressed and I accept myself being perfectly imperfect. So I don't ever dread or think much about a wobble because I guess I just, I don't even know. I just think of it as like, oh, being a human. And, um, and I guess where I'm at in my journey too, if I feel anxious, um, I don't know. It's so different, but I, I have talked to people and it's so common, especially when we're so low, because I have had those low moments. And it's funny because now sometimes I don't really feel anxious. I can get just really down on myself, you know, because I feel like 
rather than feeling anxious, like I might get stressed and kind of get in my head and then I just feel really disappointed. So I feel, I think I feel my feelings more now. And before I was just like this very anxious ball and I would be, just be really, really anxious. So now when I'm low, I just feel like I'm not, I'm not getting it. Nobody else would kind of fall in this hole again. Where was I even going with this? But, um, every time I feel like my understanding has gone deeper. Um, and like I pop out and it's, so I don't mind it because really I like see it. So I don't know how many wobbles I've had in like the four and a half years, like so many. Um, so it's, it's okay. But I know for some people, yeah, especially when they start feeling good, then they're like, Oh no, I never want to feel anxiety again. Um, and they can really dread, like, what will I do and how will I handle it? Um, I think one of the biggest, I've talked about this a lot before, one of the biggest shifts and insights I had in my three principles career, if you like, is I spent, after being hospitalized in my early 20s with severe anxiety, I then spent at least probably 10 years looking and searching for fixes to anxiety but it was more than that what I was actually really looking for if I was to pin it down I was looking for some level of reassurance or a guarantee that I wouldn't end up back in a mental hospital because that to me was the peak of my life at that time which was the worst thing I'd ever experienced the thing that I'd all you know would always been scared of and it happened and it was horrendous and da 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 And when I started to feel better was when I had a bit of an epiphany, an insight around no one can give me that guarantee. Mm -hmm. And so there's no sense in searching for it because it's actually just making me stressed and scared all the time. And even more than that, the more I was in this conversation, I started to realize not only can I not get that guarantee, I don't actually need it. Mm -hmm. Don't need that guarantee. Because actually, if I did end up, I don't want to end up in a mental hospital. Of course I don't. But I can honestly say, hand on my heart, that if I did, I know I would still be okay. Yeah. That's I feel the Yeah. That was my biggest fear was, oh gosh, because I thought that would be the worst. And how, am I? can I still be a school psychologist? I a mom? And then when I heard you and I saw you and I'm like, well, Siri's perfect. So it just literally, <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I just thought, I don't even need that guarantee. And I think that now, because sometimes that is people's worst fear. And when they, I think about it, I don't know how things would play out that I would get there. Mm-hmm. But if I did, cool. Like, I honestly, like, it's not like I want to go to a mental hospital, but I know I can be happy and have peace of mind. And if my well-being got to the place that that was seemed like the best thing, I, 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 it's honestly no different than what if I had to go to the ER or the doctor or have a surgery? Like it's, I don't really think about it, but I, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't carry any more weight. I would be grateful. Because it Um, wouldn't make sense. You're right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense for us to sit at home and go, Oh, imagine if I broke my leg right now and had to go to the ER or imagine if I, um, banged my head right now and had to go to, to the ER or imagine it like we don't sit there imagining that but we might you might do if you're feeling yeah. sort of anxious around your health but we don't sit there and but yet for me and I know for a lot of people that I've spoken to it is like this existence of life which is about trying to bat away anything that we perceive as bad or negative 
or men makes us slightly mental that we that might lead us down this path that feels so scary and we don't want to go down and I think once you start to realize and again when I say about not going backwards because I think part of the misunderstanding when people think they're going backwards is because they're not realizing or they're misunderstanding that every second and every minute is a momentary experience that can change it's not an event or a time where it doesn't time doesn't stand still it doesn't just stop and we arrive somewhere and that's why I can also see being in a in a mental hospital differently now because it wasn't an event where I was it was for a long time the month I spent in hell in my eyes whereas now I see there were moments where I really felt like I was in hell but there were also lots of moments where I was in my well-being it wasn't a constant set experience and I think that's Again, for me, I know and maybe partly of what helped me with my insight was, okay, I could end up back there because I don't know, you know, I could be kidnapped by aliens next week. I don't know. So I could end up in a mental hospital. But what I do know is that the experience of wherever I am and whatever I'm doing is transient. And so it's not going to be a fixed state of anything wherever I am. Um, yeah. And interesting, that's sort of helped me a little bit, actually, at the moment, having a baby, because the, the some of the thoughts that pop up when you're overwhelmed and you've got a new baby, which I'm sure you'll remember, Lily, is when we feel overwhelmed. So I've been ill the last couple of days and it's that, oh, my God, I can't be ill and have a baby. It, it just, I can't. Because in our minds, it's like, how can I be a good enough parent? How can I function? How long will this last? And all of that sort of anxious thinking and what I've realized and what's helped me is being able to go, how I feel right at this very second and my thoughts attached to how am I going to parent are transient. So as much as this brings me discomfort right now, I know this isn't gonna remain and I'm gonna look at her in five minutes time and think, wow, I'm so lucky. And that brings me peace of mind because I'm like, it, that's, I suppose it kind of helps me become present again. It's like, this is momentary, it's not fixed. Yeah. I, that's changed my life because I, I was looking for something that I would never be anxious again. I wanted to never feel off again, you know, and it was more than just anxious. Like I, and I really thought that, that I could find the perfect diet, the perfect meditation practice, like do enough therapy. Like it sounds so silly now. Like, why would I ever think that like, I was going to find something and I was always going to feel good because but I, that's what I needed. I think I was so scared of um, feeling off and blah, blah. But now I, I don't think that. And most of the time I feel good. But if I don't, like on an airplane or something, I know so deeply that my experience is transient. Or even like if I'm doing a long drive, most of the time I have zero driving anxiety, but something can pop up and I can be, you know, driving on the freeway in an hour away. I'm not like, oh no, it's here. Like it can come and it can go. And it's, I've seen it probably thousands of times that my experience is transitory, that I'm free to have a pop of anxiety on the airplane or like I can feel weird out to dinner. You know, all these times when you, I would think like, oh no. And it, it's not really, oh no, because I've seen it. And I just kind of, it doesn't, I don't have too much thinking about it. And I'm sure there's a part of me that's like, oh, I don't want this now. But most of the time, it is like an invitation to get present. And I just realized like, oh, my mind was just wandering and getting stressed. And yeah. and yes, and there are those times when it's like a longer sort of a setback, you know, and, and or it doesn't 
yeah, it's more uh, a longer experience it because be it a does prolong, yeah, a prolonged experience because we keep reigniting the fear and the worry and the uncertainty and the you know I, I had a conversation with a lovely client this week and I'm not even going to say where in the world they are or anything like that because obviously it's completely confidential but this is this is a familiar pattern that I've spoken to with lots of different people is that it's going through a stage of like hypervigilance if you like quite quite a bit of anxiety bubbling away and having to do something like a presentation at work and I was having this conversation where this person had had a really horrible panic attack not long before a presentation and then went on to do an amazing presentation, felt so good about their performance on the presentation. And I'm like, yes, this is what this understanding does when we start to when we start to see it. It should we can have a massive a panic attack, massive panic attack, and go on to do amazing things 10 minutes later. And this, for me, as much as that's uncomfortable for that person in that moment, this is what I mean when I say, you're gonna learn something every time so that panic attack as horrible as it might be and actually they said it wasn't as bad as what they thought it might be but as bad as it might feel in the moment the learning there is wow I never thought for one minute I'd be able to go on and do the best presentation of my career after that yeah yeah and we do yeah yeah I know and it's I had a bit of um nausea and then kind of fear of throwing up like pop up um, right around when I met my boyfriend and I didn't like, I didn't have, so it happened on like probably with like three or four different people that I dated, like it would just pop up. And, and I kind of, after the first time, then I just knew what it was and I didn't have too much thinking on it and whatever. Um, but, and it happened on the, my date with my, my boyfriend and I, you know, I couldn't eat or drink anything or I chose not to. And, um, but I really liked him. And so I said, you know, uh, we were in this bar and it was so loud. It was overwhelming. And then I said, do you want to go on a walk? I just feel nauseous. But I said, I'm not sick. It's just a little bit of anxiety. And so we went on a walk and I really liked him though. And then we stopped after the walk and he was going to go get something to eat. And I was like, do you want company? Because I knew that I could handle it. Like, even though I had the thoughts, like you're going to throw up, it's not safe to go inside. Um, you know, and I think that was the last, oh, well, I guess it sometimes pops back up, but like I, it was really interesting because I think on other dates, I didn't like them enough. It would kind of come. And then I, we would, I didn't end it out of freaking out, but I would kind of do it. But with him, I wanted to go back inside. And, um, and it was really interesting to kind of watch that, that wave. And it was a great learning experience. And then I think it had happened, you know, another two times or something like in our long relationship where I just see it and it's, oh, I don't have to take our thoughts so seriously, you know, cause I would say, well, if I threw up, like I'll figure it out. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I also don't need a guarantee that it's not going to happen. Um, you know, when you were talking then, Lily, I just had this lovely image. I ha- I'm such a visual learner. So when sometimes when people are talking, I like these images pop into my head. And it sounds a bit scary, actually. You've just been talking about you and your boyfriend and I said, I've got this image. Oh. Just thing on untoward, don't you worry. I have oh, no. this image of almost being like, you know, when you lie on a beach, when you said that with the waves, when you lie on a beach, okay, and you'll know this more than I will, being in the wonderful um, country that you're in, but... The waves, they come up and we feel, in a way, we feel warm, we feel held, we feel thick, and then the waves go and it almost like feels like a little pull and then you feel vulnerable, exposed. And for me, that really just came to my head then. It's like that really represents 
life and experiences a lot. It's like we feel discomfort and held and then then it goes. But it's like that, whether the wave is on us and holding us or is gone and we feel bare, it's never, neither good or bad. It's just part of the flow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's what I started to see more and more. I think the times when my experience would be prolonged is because I would beat myself up and I would think, oh, you did it again. You just, you just work and work and work and you burn yourself out. And I would just kind of like, it would be for me, a little bit of derealization would pop up Mm -hmm. and I would think I'm not afraid of this. I know so much more, but I would also just like go over, what did I do? Oh, I, so much. And, um, and I, I think it was a bit of resistance because I would think I should be beyond this. This shouldn't happen to me. And I should, yeah, it was night and day compared to how, you know, I wasn't really scared, but I would just feel a little disassociated sometimes for a few days, but that hasn't happened in a very long time. But, um, what was I going to say with that? But it was all of those were learning experiences and kind of talking about the wave. I've had a few times when I'm trying to think, oh, I don't know where I went to my son's um, back to school night. And because of the pandemic and being in lockdown, we haven't had many back to school night things with like a lot of parents. And I went and I, who knows, was it some symptoms of anxiety or di- I was just like, I'm not feeling well. And then being an enclosed thing, it's like, oh, what if I throw up? Um, and I would kind of feel this adrenaline and, but I just didn't have anything on it. And it was really interesting because I've had this probably like five times where I just sit with the adrenaline and I'm not saying you have to sit with the adrenaline, but it's just, that's what I'm going to do. Because at this one, I was at a parent teacher conference and I can literally feel it coming and going. So like, and at first it's like that peak, I don't feel it coming down, but I've had this experience of then it comes down and it feels good. So when it goes back up again, I know it's going to come back down. So I just know I can ride it out. Um, and it's oddly soothing. Um, yeah. And- well, if we link that to like the sea analogy, it's like, we're not too worried when the sea goes and we feel cold away because we know it's coming right back. So it's like we can almost enjoy that coldness in the middle because we know it's coming back and we're going to enjoy the warmth again. And that, again, for me, is what this three principles understanding does is that it helps you with the knowledge that it's coming back. You're coming back to peace of mind at some point. And yes, we might not know exactly when, but it's that guarantee. Like we don't get too caught up in the fact that the waves go off us and we get a bit cold because we know that's how the waves work we know they come back and yet for me once that that's where peace of mind often comes from is knowing that even when I'm in it even when I'm feeling rubbish or unwell or anxious or any I know it's temporary yeah yeah I know and I think when you were saying that I thought because we're both feeling a bit unwell we know 100% this is temporary you know and also I'm feeling unwell and I'm not like can't I don't know I have to bring my son to rugby and do this stuff and I'm like I'm okay. I'm just going to take it day by moment by moment. And I think I see feeling a little mentally unwell. It's no different than feeling a little physically unwell. You know, before I think, oh my God. And now most of the time I feel pretty good physically and mentally and just, I'm a human being. So sometimes I don't. And I know so much that when I, my well being returns, I'll return to just wanting to do my normal stuff. Cause that's, I feel like I, sometimes I give people that analogy of, you know, when you are sick, physically sick, your appetite changes, your desire to exercise and to be social 
you know, but if you were to force yourself, like, sure, you could do it, but it'd be really unpleasant. And the same with your mental well-being. When your mental well-being returns, you go back to want, you know, you don't have to like force yourself. Yeah, you just, just want to. It makes sense for you to go out. It makes sense for yeah. you to arrange something. It makes sense for you to pick up the phone or yeah, exactly. It just makes sense. We don't have to force it. It just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So- you're like, oh yeah, I think I might have I feel okay to drive there and have dinner or go see a show. And you just see it just as you see it when you're sick. Like, you know, when you have been sick and then you go back out and you go to a play and you might not make it through the whole thing because you feel a little bit sick, but like, it's okay. You know, like, I think we're much gentler or some people, I know when we're actually physically sick, but we make it such a bigger deal. And I was one of them because we think, oh, it's mental. And it, you know, I'm going to end up locked up or, never able to see my children again or never like yeah it's like we take it so so far and I think one of the things which might be a nice way to sort of bring this to a close in a it close in a way is I think I heard Dr Bill Pettit talk about this and I always use an example of um when you start to access your peace of mind more freely more more easily if you like when you have this conversation and for me it wasn't spending as much time in fear or anticipatory fear when you do have a time where you're caught up in your thinking which is going to happen to all of us like I think I can probably safely say that's going to happen that for me it's like I associate it with I drink a lot of diet coke and there have been times where I know I drink too much because it's not great for my body and I and, and I just like I do drink it in, in excess and so sometimes I have said to myself I'm just not going to drink it And I might go weeks where I don't touch any uh, Diet Coke at all. And then when I decide to have a drink, it tastes awful. It tastes strong. It tastes like syrup. And I'm like, why did I drink so much of this? It's gross. By the time I finish that first can, I'm back to liking the taste again. And for me, it's a bit like that with anxiety. And when we're caught up in our thinking, if we haven't done it for a little while, it can taste and people say to me it's worse than it was before it's like I think it's more likely it's your tolerance and the way you're tasting it or experiencing it feels intense because it's been a while and I think that's something for people to be aware of that sometimes it does feel intense because it's like oh my goodness not had this for a while but again my own personal experience of that has been yes it can feel like it's intense because I'm like oh my goodness I've not had this for a while but it very quickly passes and it's like the length of time that I stay in that discomfort if you like has shortened over the years yes yeah and then also the when we see how distorted and wrong our thinking is when we're low you know there's one of my favorite videos it's on YouTube it's Dick and Benninger on mental illness and it's two minutes and 50 seconds but he's like anytime you don't feel good pay no attention to what you're thinking. And because he says this part, he said, it's not that any, it's not like anybody that's become wise has said, okay, when you're at your very worst, write down everything that you're thinking. That's true. And then we just laugh and like, but we, we, when we're feeling good, we know, oh my God, of course it's not truth when I'm having a wobble, when I'm feeling low, but when we are, when we don't know that we can think all those thoughts. And then I think that's what can prolong it. When you can have that experience, just as you said, you can know, oh yeah, it probably feels stronger. Like I'm just gonna, and I'm not saying it as a technique, but like 
I just don't really believe my thinking too much. Do I not believe it 100%? No, like I'm a human. And so I do hear my thoughts, but I know from experience that I do feel better. And all of that was just nonsense. And so then when it happens again, it might say, oh, like, you shouldn't even be a practitioner. Like you totally don't get the principles with this. Um, here you do it again. Like whatever the thoughts are. Um, oh, they're like, like, I, I, you know, and so, yeah, I, I, I really like that too, that it feels stronger. And I do think as people stay in this conversation, you see that you're a human. And I think it's been helpful for me to hear people that I look up to like, oh, they're humans, they get caught up. Mm -hmm. um, and so I stopped having like some crazy perfection idea. So now I think I'm just more, just a normal human, which we're always normal humans, but like, oh yeah, sure. Sometimes I just get stressed. Most of the time it doesn't look like anxiety, but, and, but also like, I look forward to, getting caught up less and, and, you know, and, and having more insights. And on a final thing, I was listening to something on a chronic pain, just because sometimes I always want to, I don't know, deepen my understanding. And there was a man who actually knew Sid Banks very well. And he said that Sid would experience pain and he had like some kidney stuff and other stuff was going on. And he had these times when he would experience like a lot of pain and he would be unhappy and he would come out of it with these great insights and like his understanding would go even deeper. Um, so it really is the struggle is as meaningful as the peace. Yeah. yeah, it is. And hopefully people listen to our podcast. And I know we've got some listeners who listen to all of them. So thank you so, so much. And hopefully that you will also get to more of a point where you will see that for yourself too. So I hope this has been helpful. And yeah. keep sending us your ideas of what you'd like us to talk about. And hopefully Lily and I will bring you another podcast very soon. Yes. Bye.